really the essence of what resiliency is, is a way of being with our nervous systems that allows for the cycles of of activity and rest, of expansion and contraction, changing and moving with some, some graciousness to, to that slow. I'm Rabbi Deborah Waxman, and I'm so happy to welcome you to Hashi Venu, a podcast about Jewish teachings on resilience. I'm so happy to talk today with Rabbi Miriam Klotz. Miriam is a was a classmate of mine here at the Reconstructionist Rabbinical College and is a dear friend. She is on the senior faculty at the Institute for Jewish Spirituality, and she also serves as the director of the Spirituality Initiative at Hebrew Union College and Jewish Institute of Religion. There she also co-directs Bechol Levavcha, the Jewish Spiritual Director's Training. Miriam, welcome. Hi. It's great to be here with you. It's great to be with you. We're going to talk today about embodiment in in Judaism, about how to bring our whole selves. And I'm just I just started laughing to myself that here we are, disembodied voices in the internet, <laughs> in the ether. But I'm really looking forward to our conversation about how to bring our whole selves on an intentional path and how to integrate together all of our parts and how this, I think, is really a critical expression of resilience in, our, in seeking to mobilize all of our resources and all of our capacities to live a, a full and complete life as an individual and in community as a Jew and as, uh, as human beings. So, so welcome. Thank you. Can you start by sharing how you approach this uh, this important work that you do about embodiment in, in Jewish life and in Jewish teaching? Yes. So I don't know any other way. In other words, I come from a background before beginning rabbinical school in which I had been both very much seeking spiritually and had been traveling to Israel and various places here in the United States um, when I was I guess in my teens and 20s, many of us or some of us did, and searching for Jewish communities that would, that felt like authentic expressions for me of something very spiritual, a very personal connection to something larger than myself and connected through, you know, lineage Jewishly, having grown up pretty assimilated. And the more I found openings and pathways and communities and connections and learning, that inspired me intellectually and spiritually and emotionally, it really took root in a meaningful way that actually changed how I live my life. As again, I'm, I know I don't think I'm unique in this at all, but being in Israel for the first time, you know, in my undergraduate studies at Hebrew University, it was the studies, but it was the studies in the context of walking on the soil and in that place and even with all of its complexities of, you know, the ironies and the imperfections of a society creating itself, you know, but being there and getting into the rhythm of, of experiencing what a Shabbat could be, for instance, I had never experienced that. And so it wasn't just going to a synagogue and praying the words out of a book, it was also walking the streets the night before Shabbat, that is on a Thursday night, for example, in Jerusalem, and smelling challah baking, you know, and 
a lot of streets. So the smells and the sight of, of people living their, their Jewish life in, in various ways and the Hebrew everywhere and, you know, around me, not only spoken into the ear, but, but in front of me, uh, you know, on billboards and buses and whatnot. So in other words, for me, Jewish life is also kinesthetic and it's sensory. Um, and I think that's really informed my expression of Jewishness from, you know, before I had even integrated Jewish identity a- as an adult. And, and since and through that process, my being drawn towards healing work, through body work of massage and also yoga and yoga therapy that led me to train as a yoga therapist and a body worker and a yoga teacher. All of that brought me to a sense of sacredness within our bodies also and the capacity for deep connection, sacred connection and transformation. And then the natural impulse to integrate that kind of sensitivity Jewishly, that's just continued over the years to grow. So this is a long way of responding, Deborah, but it, it feels that to me now to be uh, engaging Jewishly is to bring the senses, um, the way we experience emotion is through the body, you know, the physical mm-hmm. sensations mm-hmm. of various emotions, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't even know how to separate them. Yeah. I, I couldn't at this point. It's so, I mean, when you're talking, especially about walking on the streets of Jerusalem uh, and describing this multi-sensory and immersive experience, and you really evoked, I think, this sense of wholeness. And I was thinking about how um, one of the things I think it means to live in the modern or the postmodern world is that we have multiple identities. And there's tremendous liberation and freedom in that uh, and opportunity, but there's also fragmentation. And uh, listening to you, you pointed toward what coherence and what wholeness might look like. And my mind went to the Hebrew word shlemut, which is the one way to say wholeness, and that has the same roots mm-hmm. of shalom, of is from the same the same word that peace and well being and wholeness are interrelated. Oh, I so resonate with that. One of the things that as I've learned Hebrew, I've so appreciated is it's really magnificent the way that a Hebrew word like shlemut and, and shalom, it, they, they resonate with each other. They vibrate. Like, for example, when I learned, you know, that the word Adam, a simple but essential word meaning, you know, human being, the prototypical human you know, embodiment of, of creation, uh, Adam or Adam, that it's in those three uh, Hebrew letters that spell that word, Aleph, Dalad, and Mem Sophie, that within that word that there is a, uh, a mystical interpretation that the Aleph represents the ineffable, eternal, non-physical essence of our consciousness that in a sacred way animates us as beings, but that it's inter Connected, it's not separable from those next two letters, Dalit and Memphisi, which if you take that as a separate, its own word, which mm. it, it also is, Dom, mm. which means blood, mm-hmm. right? Blood. So together, mm. the, 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 the kind of more ineffable spiritual dimension and the flesh and bloodness of a being together is what makes a human being, at least in that, that's in the ethos that Hebrew 
conveys. And to me, that's, that says it all. It's wonderful. So I'm laughing also because here we are, we're like, we're engaging in, in verbal word play, which is a very longstanding Jewish practice and very beloved for some of us <laughs> of, of that ilk. And yet, you know, we're using words to talk about the the wholeness of, you know, of body and of mind, spirit and self. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we can maybe try a practice. Can we move from the verbal and even over you know, over the internet, is there a way that we can um, experience a little bit of the kinds of uh, integration that you're talking about? Sure. Well, we can do a practice of grounding ourselves right now, right where we are. So, for example, you and I can each in our separate spaces do this practice, and anyone who may be listening, where, wherever they, you, we may be. The, the Hebrew word hineni, Mm-hmm. You know, um, from from the Torah, here I am. So I've understood that word. It's not about phoning it in. It's it's a way of affirming. You know, when when asked, Ayeka, where are you? Which there's examples in the Torah of this. That we that the that that whomever is responding to that ask turns themselves fully present and with full presence or awareness says, Hineni, I'm I'm here. And, and so, um, I guess that we could, we could call this a simple grounding practice to come fully present, a Hineni practice. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so could we, could we do that? Could we try a brief Hineni practice for, sh- for sure. That would be wonderful. Okay. So m- let's begin by this pausing to actually feel where you are. And I'll be doing this as well as we're going. Um, feel where you are right now in, in, in your body, where your body is supported, um, by the chair, if you're sitting or couch or wherever you may be uh, seated. If you're standing, feel the support of the floor, the ground underneath you. And so, uh, bringing awareness to the feet in whatever position your, your body is in right now. Feel those feet making contact with the shoes if you're wearing them, or if it's the, if you're barefooted, the um, the floor itself that's touching uh, the skin of the toes. Moving the toes around just a little bit to really help anchor your attention there. And so we ground in the part of the body that connects us to the ground of the adama of the earth. So here I am, connected to this earth, and then you can bring awareness up through the legs, feeling the lower legs and the knees, the thighs, without needing to change anything right now or be any certain way other than than you are, just noticing uh, the legs, the joints of the ankles and the knees. And then bringing awareness to the hips and the sockets where the tops of the thighs, the thigh bones rest inside the sockets of the hips. And from the base of the pelvis, uh, these, where these, these hips are part of, our whole torso rises up. So feel your bottom and your pelvis. Bring awareness to the torso, the skin and the bones underneath the skin and all the organs in, in your belly and 
in the chest, underneath the ribcage. Feel places that may be tight or loose, comfortable or uncomfortable. In this kind of Hemani practice, um, it's important to uh, tell the truth about what is happening in the body right now. So it may not always feel pleasant, but that's okay. We can just notice um, areas of mild discomfort or hopefully not, but if so, acute discomfort, and also places which are just neutral and places which may be feeling not really present right now. Just noticing all of it through this um, belly, chest, this torso, and up to the shoulders, and and then bring your awareness awareness down through uh, the arms to the hands. And noticing again, without needing to change anything, how these arms and hands, down to the fingers and fingertips even, are um, alive right now, and are filled with cute life force. And then returning your attention to the midline of the body and reaching up through the neck, bringing awareness to the back of your neck and the sides and the front where the throat is, the Adam's apple. You might swallow. Just feel that movement in the throat. And noticing now how is, how is life experienced right now in your head through the, the muscles of, of the, of, of the, the face and the bones underneath the skin, the jaw and the skull. And so here, here you are. Here I am, Hineni. And uh, let's just take a deep breath filled with Ishmat uh, Hayim, this breath of life that infuses um, every cell. Deep breath in. And just release the breath. And in your own pacing, again, just one, one more full deep breath in and out to affirm, here I am, Hineni. And for me, when I practice this, as I feel, I'm feeling right now, there's a shift. Um, I feel a bit more settled in, in my physical body and that grounds my um, attention differently, even than than before. So that that's an example. Oh, it's fantastic! Thank you so much. I am thinking about how I'm so blessed to live a very full life, and I'm living it right now. And I was traveling last yesterday and had a day full of meetings today, and you know, and how you know how exciting it is to go from the from one thing to another and how uh reactive i am to world events or to local events and then to do mm. a practice like that and and to have the opportunity to really um first and foremost stop um and breathe and 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 integrate in a way that i'm it, it, that is uh it's just so qualitatively different from how i spend my time most of the time um, even as I have practices that support me, um, they tend to be at the extremes of the day, not necessarily in the middle of the day. Um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. So I, I think, um, you know, you and I met when, you know, I was in my 20s and um, and I I was trying to choose between 
I thought I was trying to choose between rabbinical school and getting a PhD, and and I and I thought I made the choice of rabbinical school. And as it as life works out, life in my experience is quite unexpected. It turns out I was just sequencing them, and I went to rabbinical school first, and then went went on to get the the, the doctoral studies. And I'm just so grateful that I did the rabbinical piece first because. I really felt like it opened my heart that if I hadn't done that, I, if, uh, you know, I would have just been a very big head um, and, and, you know, in a, in a, in a, like on top of a stick figure body. And the, the rabbinical training and the rabbinical work has just opened my heart and allowed me to use my head, but also my heart. And this to me is the, is I think the, the work of my next, the next decade, which is about, I think about the body alongside the head and alongside the heart. There's a real integration of the somatic along with the, um, with you know, with with all these other resources and how how that will enable mm-hmm. me to mm-hmm. really fully bring what I have to to bring to whatever it is I'm doing. Oh, oh, I I I, I couldn't agree more, and I'm so glad that you're um, that that you're on, on this path in this in this next uh, phase. <laughs> and I, you know, because Deborah, what, what what you just spoke to about the pace of this full actualized life that you're living—it's such a, a blessing, right? It's such a bracha. Um And what you you speak about it reflects, as I see it. So much of, and what I'm not only seeing, I mean, a part of as well in our current, you know, uh, you know, just the pace of life today, 21st century and, and, and this year, uh, you know, in, in, in the volatile climate in, in the United States and that, that we we're all a part of, um, that it seems to be, it's, it's moving. I don't even know if this is possible, but it really feels like it's moving at increasingly fast paces with, with media and social media and, mm-hmm. um, you know, in addition to technology, the expectations of performance and showing up in, in like a 24-7 way, which is, um, on the one hand, there are so many benefits to it, and it is not the rhythm of the soma, of the body. Mm-hmm. Body somatic rhythm, um, you know, is so much more... Um, varied, some of which can be really staccato and fast, but there's also the need for after, you know, the in-breath, a slight pause, and then, I mean, this is sort of the natural organic, you know, uh, breath pattern, you know, uh, and then there's the out-breath, and then there's this pause and an emptiness before mm-hmm. the next in-breath naturally comes in, and we're not taught culturally about the the, the presence of the pause or the mm-hmm. importance of honoring these, these rhythms, you know, if we are often, I feel it's like as a quaint aside, you know, Oh, don't forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. no, no, but really nishmat chayim. It's the breath of life that sustains us, you know, were we not to, to, um, uh, shrink ourselves into a constricted place that could be like, Kotzer Ruach, that, that sense of restricted spirit and breath that referred to, you know, in the book of Exodus of when the Israelites were actually in a state of enslavement before, before they, they were liberated from Egypt. Um, so I'm really, I mean, I, I, I'm moved by what you say and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad, uh, to hear it. It's, it's a kind of recovery, you know, and, and, and in my mind, uh, the, really of essence, the essence of what resiliency, uh, is. 
is a way of being with our nervous systems that allows for the cycles of of activity and rest, of expansion and contraction, um, changing and moving with some some graciousness to to that flow. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That um, that the teaching that you shared, the practice that you shared, just that no matter what's going on, whether it's joyful or whether it's deeply painful or whether it's just a lot, that we can pause yeah. and we can breathe yeah. and we can, you know, take stock and reconnect and live fully into into Hineni, into presence. Um, in 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 the presence of and in, in, and for our own selves and for the people around us. So, thank you so much. Believe it or not, we are you know at the end of our time. I, we could I clearly go on and on, um, but I, but we have to to wind up. Thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's it's really uh, it's been really fun and a deep pleasure uh, and. Uh, Time flies it's when you're having fun. <laughs> it's amazing. I just I feel so excited for the people who are listening that they get to take part in the practice. That really is, I think, the mm-hmm. hard heart of this episode. So I would like to thank my guest, Rabbi Miriam Klotz, for our, our wonderful discussion on embodiment and especially for the practice that she offered up in the middle of this episode. And for more information, including on her teaching and, um, and retreats that she leads, you can look on Hashivenu. .fireside.fm. You can also find more resources on this topic on reconstructingjudaism.org and on ritualwell.org. I'm Rabbi Deborah Waxman, and you've been listening to Hashi Venu, Jewish Teachings on Resilience. Hashi Venu.